Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Remember back when we used to actually wait? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey now. And Ian. Hey now. All right. A lot of hey nice. nows, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right. This is episode 324 The Break. Okay. Hey yeah. Let's catch up with everyone's week. Who, who'd like to go first? Uh, I can go first since I probably did the least. Um, worked as always. Um, I was on Discord on Friday, but. I was working. I was doing the DoorDash thing. Um, and then, of course, on my way to take the, the kids over to my mom's, got hit with some, like, nasty weather. So I was kind of in and out on Discord because, you know, obviously rain beating on the car and everything was kind of kind of loud. But um, I was on fairly late. Just quite a few people ended up showing up. Uh, uh, Dan and... Uh, Kevin from Heliheads was on there, Darren from Canada, and quite a few other saints. We were all having a good time just BSing, talking about, um, you know, stuff that happened at Spring Fling, whatnot. It, it was a lot of fun. Um, and, of course, I didn't do any flying this weekend because, you know, I was working them doubles. And um, Working them I doubles. Had, oh, I know. Um. And then um, I got in a uh, an ESC. I got a, uh, a Scorpion one thirty twelve S. So yeah, it's just kind of putting that into the stockpile for future builds. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I've already got one of them so far. For uh, I've got I've got almost all the components put away for. Uh, Whenever I decide to pull the trigger on a uh, raw 580, um, I'm thinking about going either seven or eight S with it. Probably, I'll probably end up going with a seven. Um, but I've got servos put away for it already. I already got the motor, the speed controller. The only thing I'm missing is the airframe itself and a Neo. So I've got. Uh, I've just been putting away. Uh, you know, just been gathering up some uh, components over the past couple months. So that's like the biggest struggle when it comes to me putting something together. Um, I didn't even get to do any wrenching this week at all. It's like the 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 Kraken uh, 580 Nitro is still still chilling on the bench right now. I mean, I've got. All the further I've gotten on it was, you know, putting the engine assembly together, and that's about as far as I made it. So, um, yeah, that's all I've got for this week. Cool. Let me go next, Steve. Or you want to go? Uh, you can go. Yes, next. That's fine. So, dude, I had a great weekend this weekend. Last week nice. was shitty, and uh, I got to first start off by thanking everybody that got in, got in touch with me. Um, Bill Ann sent me a nice message about my dog and uh, Mark Ritchie from Australia got in touch with me. Uh, Rob McClellan, Mike Welch, all, all guys that 
I guess I've had loss of the dog, you know, their dog once, once before. And I had a, had a bunch of other guys like send me a message, um, Facebook, just different things like, you know, I hey, started to hear about it. So I want to thank you guys. That was, that was really nice for you guys to do that. I got a chance to talk to Mike Welch for quite a bit today, which was cool. Nice. He's, How's um, he doing? he's doing good. Uh, you had mentioned that he mm-hmm. broke his ankle and yeah. he's still recovering from that. Um, but his, his goal, uh, with his wife, now his wife's great because my wife would never go camping and, you know, they had the camper that, that they've had for a long time and, you know, they would, they would go eight different times a year to different places, you know, yeah. different parks and stuff and have a ball. And, and so they're planning on doing that like full time, uh, I think up and coming if they can swing it. And he was saying, uh, his wife can go full remote and he's going to, he's going to do something along the lines of, um, solar and camper repairing and stuff like that. Um, from what he told me, I don't know if he wanted me to tell anybody that, but, uh, which means you, you probably see him at some more fun flies. You might see him in Arizona. Nice. Uh, who knows, uh, around the country. That's gotta be really cool. I mean, my wife would go to visit sites around the country, but she's more of a glamper than a camper, you know, type of person. <laughs> yeah. Self-admitted glamper. But, uh, so that was nice. Thanks everybody that, that took the time to, to, call me or email text whatever send send something on facebook that was really cool um so getting back to hobby side of things uh, new jersey probably noticed that there was a a less of a wind because the mike d the planker was down in florida <laughs> this past week and uh we got together for a few days and and had a had a blast at the field um Ian, you mentioned about the raw 580. I actually saw two raw 580s this weekend. I nice. saw one. I saw one that Mike D brought with him in a big uh, hard case golf bag thing, which said worked out great. Uh, but the kids don't do this. Uh, the 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 airplane people and the TSA aren't gonna aren't gonna like it if they find it. But I guess he forgot and left two lipo batteries in his case. And they stowed it. And, uh, yeah. And that makes me feel great about the TSA, number one. <laughs> uh, but number two, yeah, everything's fine. Obviously, the plane didn't burst into flames. Why would it burst into flames? It wouldn't. It wouldn't. But you know how the anal they are about lipos nowadays. And you're not <laughs> supposed to put them in the cargo hold. But lipos you're still get shipped. Batteries, <laughs> lithium ion, lithium polymer, they still get shipped in air. Like and I know, but I guess I don't know. I don't get know. A, dude. They get a special sticker on it. That's all. They, that's the only difference. I don't know what the airline rules are. Not, aside from you're supposed to put them in a bag. Last time I flew with them, and have them with you. I don't. I don't know if you can. Well, put I mean, them in no. A cargo technically, hold. theoretically, like yes, you're supposed to have them with you in a lipo safe bag and blah blah blah. Carry them on, but like no, it's a plastic bag, so they can see it's a lipo. Oh yeah. The last time I I flew with one, I think. I was somewhere I flew with one uh, down to Florida one the you know a couple of years ago yeah when I shipped the five five fifty down but I don't know if it's still like that and it makes absolutely no sense to me because now if I'm a terrorist all I need is a a pin or something a pen anything a pencil and I could jab it into that freaking or just arc it arc the two battery leads together and I can cause a fire on the plane I mean it's so stupid to have it where I could tamper with it. Yeah, it's probably safer know. in a cabin that's like 
you know, cold <laughs> too, yeah, right? pressurized and yeah. I don't know. Anyways, I don't think where they keep like uh, your uh, cargo. I don't think that's going to be pressurized at all. But that's okay. It doesn't I don't think it has to be right. I mean, yeah. Uh, well, when they put animals down there, I know they have to pressurize it. I think it's pressurized to a degree, but it's not as pressurized as much as their your cabin up, you know, where people are. Right. But I mean, there's people that still weigh in them. And they survive. You know, it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to think, yeah, there's no heat, but I think it's still got yeah. the pressure because, I mean, those planes aren't constructed airtight no. in that respect. No, upper they're from positive lower pressure. Cabin. Yeah. They're, they're meant to be positive pressure anyway. So, anyways, who cares? Um, yeah. So, I, the other 580 that I saw mm-hmm. was like an Italian couch from the 80s. It was still in the package, still wrapped in clear plastic. And that was at Steve Shaw's house. He brought it out. <laughs> Still in the plastic. Wow. Still in the plastic. Vintage, I would have thought he vintage. would have at least taken it out and, you know, looked at the canopy. Yeah, that's what we, we, well, we tried to get him to do it, but no. I said, do you want me to write the date on? I got a Sharpie right here. Um, so, yeah, we went to the plank. Uh, we, me and the planker went to Steve Shaw's house, and Steve gave him the tour. And thanks, Steve Shaw. His wife cooked a nice dinner for us one night. It was, it was, it was cool. I really had a lot of fun. We hung out. We had a few drinks, and we were just talking and having a good time. Um, good times, man. Good, just mellow times. And me and Mike flew Saturday. Well, I, actually, Saturday morning, Mike came over to my house because he had shipped down that, uh, or he had purchased a Flex Innovations Mamba 10, and we put that together Saturday morning. It took about three hours. It probably would have been easier if one of us was unconscious to put this plane together <laughs> um, because both of us were just getting in each other's way it's, it was it was an adventure it's, it's not that big of a plane <laughs> no no it's just it was there's there's quite a few things to put together though yeah. um and so we got that set up he had his laptop set up the aura 8 on that mm-hmm. and then we went out to the field and the field was insanely windy so i got like one flight in on the oxy five he got a flight in on a 580 and he was we were like yeah let's go have dinner with steve because <laughs> it just was way too it was like really I had never heard it and literally heard it that gusty. It, you could hear the wind blowing. It was like that windy. So we didn't even attempt to fly the plane. It was just uh, yeah. it was just too much. But then we went out Sunday, and Sunday was a lot better. It was like 5, 10 miles an hour, you know, the winds. And, man, I got a ton of flights in. Uh, I flew that Mamba. He, he took off with that Mamba, threw down a nice flight, and uh, he flew it out a few times. I flew the 5... Oxy five a few times, man, and brings me to, uh, you know, our main topic. I can talk about that because um, I hadn't flown in a while and I had a couple really good flights, like really enjoyed myself. And, you know, I mean, true planker fashion, Steve Shaw came out. We were busting Steve's chops. We were busting everybody's balls at the at the field and just having a lot of fun. And we went out Saturday for food. When I went out Monday night with him for food and uh Tonight I just got back. We went out for more food and drinks, and we we had a lot of we had good times, man. It was great to see him, and great to uh, catch up and just you know chill out, shoot shit, have some have some good times with some good people, you know. Nice. Uh, yeah. So so that's it, man. That's all. I wrenched actually, Ian, but didn't purchase anything. And uh, how was your week, Steve? Uh, my week was good. So, um, on Saturday, there was a 
a spring swap meet in Funfly in Hanover. And okay. uh, so, yeah, I went there. I, I don't know. I got up really early and Hunter wanted to come. So, yeah, so we got in the car together, got everything packed up and got out there probably around like um, maybe around like nine o'clock or nine thirty or something like that. Um, got set up there. Wasn't a lot of people there at first. Um, and yeah, I brought some stuff to sell. I brought some. So, you know, I bought, I got that lot of airplanes. I got like a whole bunch yeah. of airplanes and stuff. And, and, you know, come think of it. I'm like, I have all these planes and I also have all these other planes that I still had. And I'm like, I don't need all this stuff. So let me get rid of some of it. I kept, you know, the nitro, um, trainer plane just because I wanted to mess with that. And the, um, um, the Bixler, you know, sailplane that I have, but everything yeah. else, like that little EDF and there was like a Cessna, um, and a bunch of other parts and stuff. And yeah, I got rid of all of them except for one nice. plane. I brought the, uh, one of my old balsa planes I had at Polda. I flew it like once or twice and I brought that, but I couldn't find anyone to sell, uh, buy that one, but that's fine. I'll keep it. I'll throw a deal in there and fly it myself. But I got rid of everything else. Um, and I was just like, <laughs> at the end of the day, I was like, a dollar. I don't care. Just take it. <laughs> nice. I don't care. Who wants it free? I don't care. So, um, so yeah, I unloaded as much stuff as I could. Um, I did get a chance to do a bunch of flying. So I did get a chance to uh, fix the raw 580 from Crash at Spring Fling. Okay. And... Um, so this was kind of like the maiden flight again uh, with the with having everything fixed. I basically had to fix everything that was rotating. So main shaft, spindle shaft, uh, you know, everything in the tail. Um, so it flew perfect there. So yeah, it flew perfect. I uh, got probably about like four or five flights in on that and then several on the Raw 700. Um, those are the two helis I brought to fly. I just brought electric just because I needed the room, like, for a generator and plus all the airplanes and stuff. So I didn't want to bring any more than those two. Um, so yeah, that was fun. That was a great time. I got to talk to and meet a whole bunch of the club uh, board members and officers. And they seem to want me to throw an event there. Um, you know, they're kind of down to like bring newer members and stuff in and, and kind of bring, you know, this hobby a little more, I guess, to the front. Wow. So that's cool. So they asked me to run like a heli event and they're like, whenever you want to do it, let us know. We'll, you know, we'll do it. So we'll make it happen. We'll make it available. There's, you know, they're down with night flying and camping and everything. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Damn, where is this? It's, uh, it's east of Richmond. So it's, okay. it's, uh, it's in Virginia. It's, uh, it's a really nice field. It's in Mechanicsville, Virginia, and oh right, it's pretty wide open. Like you know, it's it's like farmland. I think the guy was growing weed or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but it was it was like it's just wide open, and they have like a geotext runway, just kind of like kind of like how Polda had their setup. Yeah. So, um, it's a real nice place, nice setup, and a nice field. So, yeah, um, we'll see if there's interest. I might throw something there either later this year or something next year. Um, all right, let's see what else. I was waiting for that Eagle Drift motor. Um, as you some folks may or may not know, is I ordered a 800 kV Eagle Drift motor, um, custom wound, but there's some delays with China and, and just 
basically the shipping um, was super super delayed, but I finally got it in. So so that's uh, I'm like really excited about that. Um, so I'll probably I'll I'll be able to finally run my actual setup that I've been wanting to run on the Puma. Um, running the actual ADA setup with the properly KV'd and pinion setup. <laughs> Instead of okay. the 12S motor that I had currently in there. And, and um, you know, just to get by at Spring Fling. So, um, yeah. Which then kind of fast forwards to yesterday and today. Uh, did some wrenching. Um, so, the Kraken 580 Nitro. I was flying it at Spring Fling. And, uh, you know, Bill's recording. And, of course, when Bill records, you just kind of push harder. And, and you know, I, I heard the helicopter kind of go lean. <laughs> Started leaning out. And it kind of, <laughs> like... Kept loading it up, even though it was leaning out when I shouldn't. I should have let off. So it kind of bogged and it kind of made some, you know, weird noise where, like, it took a minute to kind of get its revs back, which is like, ooh, clear indication, like, you might have just hurt your motor. Um, and then and then it popped. <laughs> and, and, you know, I landed and, you know, man, I thought it maybe, like, you know, I popped a glow plug or something. I uh, didn't think much of it. I have enough helicopters to fly at Spring Fling, so I'm like, I'll just put it away. So I finally got a chance to take a look at it, and I'm like, ooh, ooh the motor only goes about a quarter turn before it locks. Okay. Something's weird. I take the whole front end apart. I take everything apart, actually, because uh, I had that custom canopy set. Um, I'm clear coating it, so I took it all apart anyways. So while I had the engine apart and everything apart, I took the engine completely apart and popped the head off. And what do I see? I see this. Okay, so first thing I did is I take the exhaust off. Let's kind of break it down. I take the exhaust off and I see that uh, there's some gray stuff. You know, maybe shavings, some gray stuff. So I knew something blew up in there. Um, I take the a motor out uh, off the helicopter and I pop the, um, the head off. And right. I just see a, I see a piston about that big and I see a hole about that big. <laughs> oh my so, God. Yeah. There's like, there's probably about 50% of the piston on top missing. <laughs> um, yeah. I detonated pretty badly. I leaned out and detonated and it freaking melted or ate through that piston. Um, the reason why it was locked isn't because like I, I thought I threw a rod. I thought I cracked a rod or something. Right. Um, but there was metal shavings all stuck around the crank and everything, so it wouldn't. It basically jammed the the motor. Um, good thing I didn't try to crank it with a starter or anything. <laughs> that would have been bad. Um, but yeah, that motor got toasted, so that's kind of sitting off on the side right now. And then um, I got some parts in from. I think I mentioned it last week. I ordered some parts, but I got some parts in, and I got a canopy. So I bought another Puma canopy and a conversion kit because I wanted to put the I wanted to put that canopy on the raw 700 nitro. So while I was working on that, I figured I have a freshly rebuilt OS105. Um, last time I flew the, the raw 700, it kind of felt like you know the, the motor was getting a little bit tired, so. You know, recalling that, I basically said, screw it. I'm just going to put this motor in. So I put that 105 in there. It's the, the gold edition 105. And so I did an engine swap in there. Um, got it all rebuilt. Um, got the Puma canopy fitted and cut out. Uh, there is a, 
a bit of cutting you have to do. Not not too much, just for the pipe, for the main, you know, the main thing is the pipe. Um, but got that cut out, and I'm prepping that thing and getting that ready for, I did do like two coats of clear, but I'm going to put a couple more coats because it is a nitro, and I know it's going to, you know, get its fair share of grease on it. So, um, yeah. And what else did I do? God, I did a lot of stuff. Um, so the raw Puma, <laughs> I replaced that motor. I got that motor installed today. So that's set up with the 22 pinion, um, tooth pinion, or not pinion, but pulley, motor pulley on there. So that's set up and set up with the 10.3 gear ratio on the V-bar. So that's all ready to go. And I can't wait to fly that with actually like proper gearing, proper KV, proper voltage, like having that proper, you know, calculated setup that I had. So I'm very excited about that. And then kind of just rewinding to the Kraken 580 because I popped that motor, that 55HZR. I put in a RC Japan order in. Um, pretty much rebuilding that whole thing. So from front bearing, all the bearings, new piston, new rod, new wrist pins, you know, retainers, ring, Oof. of course, new sleeve. Um, pretty much a, a full rebuild except for a, a new crank. That's one thing. The crank felt good. It didn't seem like it was a it was any problems, you know. Even the bearings actually felt pretty good. Um, you know, I just blew the motor. <laughs> the bearings didn't go or anything, but I'll I'll replace it while everything's apart anyway. So I got everything on order. Um, it shipped already, so I should be seeing that in the next. Uh, I think a week or two weeks. I think it takes to come from Japan. Whew. Yeah, dude, that that nitro story reminded me of when I did the same thing to that Align Seven Hundred man. You popped that ninety one, like, good, huh? Pop, and then came down, and I was like, I said the exact same thing. Ah, uh, probably just the glow plug because uh-huh. <laughs> you're like open. <laughs> yeah, open yeah. the glow plug. <laughs> yep, never, it never is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've I've burnt that glow plugs, and they pop, but they don't pop like that. And if they do pop like that, they usually spit the glow plug, meaning like you you went so lean that like it, po- it literally blew the glow plug out. Um, but no, the glow plug was still in there. It was still tight. So I was like, ooh, yeah, yeah. that wasn't it. Oh, well. Yeah, it's like I, I remember being down at the, the winter bash and I was walking up to the flight line. I haven't even made it up there yet. I was you know still walking through the crowd of people and you can hear Keith flying and you know, all of a sudden you hear, yeah. And he had to just auto straight down. He grenaded that engine, like the the Kong rod had went and it just mm. ate itself up. But he had it rebuilt and ready to go in like an hour. Nice, wow. Yeah, I mean, if you got the parts and like yeah. a blowtorch, it's so easy to like you can rebuild a motor so quick. Oh yeah, and he didn't even have to redo the bearings. I mean, he just. Yeah. I mean, I think he replaced out like one of the bearings and then replaced Kong rod, piston, and ring, and he was already. He was already out on the flight line, you know, tuning it back up and then just throwing down with it. Nice. I believe that was with his N five five six. He had hmm. so you know, it's it has its pros and cons as far as uh, nitro goes. I mean, if you don't have the if you're missing a, a couple of those components you need, I mean, forget fixing it at a fun fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, I don't know. I think I'm I'm past the point of like 
So I don't know. Some people are in the mindset of like have one or two helicopters and then like a shit ton of parts. And that's probably the best way of doing it. But then you're like stressed when when one or two or both your helicopters are crashed. Like then you stress out. Right. I got to fix this shit. I got to fix it before the next fun fly or I got to fix it before, you know, tomorrow because it's Friday night and I crashed all my shit, you know, Um, and I got to fix it. I'm in the opposite where like I have four or five or usually I bring about five helicopters to a fun fly. And if I crash one or two, whatever, I throw literally just chuck in the back of the truck and I just grab another one and fly that one. Um, I don't want to wrench at the field. I, I try to do it at spring fling and that shit sucked because I'm running around trying to get parts and find the parts and, and then I have the parts and I'm now like I'm working outside and you know, wind starts blowing shit over it and things get knocked over it and it's like, it's just mm-hmm. a pain in the ass to do it on the field and people are coming up and you're talking to people and you're doing stuff. You get sidetracked. It's just like, nah, <laughs> I crashed yeah. that shit. Let me throw it in the back of the truck. I got four <laughs> other ones. I'll pull that one out and fly that. If I crash that, fuck it. I got another one and just keep doing it until I have none. If I crash all five helicopters that bring to a fun fly, then I don't need to fly anymore. I'm, that means I flew my, <laughs> my handful enough, you know? So I'm yeah. good. Um, yeah, so anyways, a little off topic there. So, yeah. Well, you're, you're right. I, I don't know. Some people can wrench at the field. No, not me. I'd rather just, if I, if I run out of shit, if I break everything, I'm just going to hang out and talk to people anyway. I'm probably yeah. going to hang out and talk to people in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. May as well. I mean, why, like, waste all that time and doing like, a major repair when you can still be, you know. Out there BSing with everybody. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes down to certain folks' expectations, right? Like, you know, if you're Keith, he he doesn't have a, like, he doesn't usually bring a lot of helis, right? Like, he brings maybe two or three. Oh, no, he brings a little more than that. Because okay. um, I know last like year's spring like fling, Keith like, who, he brought, like, five helis. Okay. So say someone like Keith who likes to, you know, really throw down and fly a lot at night and, you know, fly a lot. You know, if he brings a couple of helis, I can see him wrenching. At the field, wrenching, get that helicopter back oh, yeah. up and fly, you know? Um, yeah, it's just for me, I don't, it's like, I don't need to fly constantly like that. I'm cool with just, I'll do the flights I do and I'll enjoy the rest of the evening with some friends. Yeah, see, I think with me, it's just because like building up to like a big event like that, I didn't really fly for like a month beforehand because. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to wreck my shit. So it's like, so when I got there, it was just fly, 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 fly. Yeah, I can see that too. Yeah. So, you know, that's, well, that kind of relates to the topic. Yeah. We'll kind of roll right into the topic then, huh? The break. So what are we talking about? Breaking what? The breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Breaking the time away from flying, right? The break. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about this subject uh, today uh, because uh, for last weekend I didn't fly at all and it was, you know, just a terrible weekend with everything that went on. And I was just like, um, you know, for some reason, I don't know, this ha- doesn't happen. I- I've skipped weekends before. I've skipped months before. Every now and then, though, when I've skipped them, uh, when I go back to flying, I have some amazing – either I'm having a good time because I missed it so much but I think I had a really good flight, a uh, bunch of flights this weekend. Uh, and 
Yeah, my question was, you know, do you think taking a break helps you or is it harmful or what what do you I don't know what you guys would think about that, but for me, I haven't had it really be harmful to me. Uh, I've had I've gone out to the field where, where I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm the same like level I was when I left the field last time. Uh or I've had it where I'm feeling that much better and I'm uh focused more and just more relaxed. Like for an example, this weekend, I the one, the last flight I threw down, dude, I was doing four point TikToks. They were still up pretty high, but I was rolling through them pretty quick to where they were eventually turning into, you know, whatever. I was nose down one direction, tail down the other direction. I was doing, I've I've been doing rainbows where I'm kind of like turning the model like ninety degrees and from one, you know, from one orientation as as I'm doing the rainbow. So I'll start out like nose left or skids left and then I come in I'm disc in and then I'm skids right and I did I started doing them in a different way and I was trying to think today like I knew it was I was doing it different and this is why I got to record my flights but I'm uh, trying to think today like what was different about them I think I was doing I was starting a disc left and I was going and I was going back disc right instead of something like that I, I started doing them differently and I was like oh that's pretty cool I never thought of doing that before. So I don't know. I was more clear head this week and, and uh, I seem to really enjoy myself and really put some good flights together where the heli just didn't stop moving. I was, I was having a lot of fun with it. Nice. But I don't know uh, what you guys think. I mean, do you guys lose it? I mean, Andy probably say he loses it if he doesn't, doesn't fly like for a while. Do you lose it if you don't use it? Yeah. <laughs> mm. What's been your experience with that kind of stuff? Well, for me, it's like right now, I think I think I'm working on like a month of like not flying. Um, but a lot of times when I go through like a stretch like that, as soon as I get back to the field, yeah, I'll do like a couple warm up flights and then I'm just like. I don't know. I feel that I fly a little bit harder than I normally do when I go at the go to the field. I'm a little bit more aggressive on the sticks, and then I just kind of even back out. But I've noticed, like, um, like say if I'm working, like, um, well, for example, when I was doing like my uh, uh, started learning my half pyros, I think taking a break just kind of allowed me to kind of reset. And then when I started doing, you know, going back to the field and then doing, I can just do them without thinking now. Um, and then what I was working on the last time I flew was trying to clean up my TikTok. So we'll kind of see if, if I've got those down pat, uh, after taking this break, I don't know, but I mean, I don't feel I really lose anything, you know, from not flying. I mean, yeah. unless you're talking like, you know, you've gone like five, six years out of the hobby or something like that. I mean, then I can see probably losing something. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have to add to to my weekend or that, uh, or my week that, yeah, I definitely didn't go down, go out the first flight and start like killing it. I had to have like a warm up flight for sure. So like, yeah, okay. Gets the shakes out. Yeah. The cobweb, cobwebs off, but <laughs> I definitely had a lot of fun, man. I had a, a really good time this weekend. Awesome. So I don't know, Steve, what do you think? You ever had that where? Yeah. You know, so 
for me, I, I'm gonna break it up into to long term breaks and short term breaks. Um, okay. With long term breaks, it takes me a while to get back on the horse. It takes me a while to get comfortable. It takes me a while to remember the maneuvers I knew how to do. And I'm talking about like more than two months. You know, I mean like a, okay. like a like a quarter, like three months, four months break. It, it hasn't been. This hasn't happened in a long in a while, but. What it did, you know, while like where I just didn't feel like motivated to when I plateaued and didn't feel like flying, I didn't really fly much. And when I did get back into it, what I noticed that it was like I was really nervous and like I just defaulted to like very, very simple maneuvers that were like muscle memory. But I didn't push myself. I didn't really like it kind of set me back a bit. Um. A week or two breaks, right? Short-term breaks. Um, something that's like, you know, the weekend rains. So maybe you have two bad weekends. So you're like, oh, man, it's been two weekends I haven't flown. So it's been three weeks since I've last flown. And you go out to the field and like usually anything when it's like a week, two weeks, even maybe about a month. It depends. If I'm like jonesing to fly like if i'm really excited to get out to the field and like oh man the weather's gonna be nice and like winter break is kind of over let's say and usually that first flight that's a scary flight um that first flight the first 30 seconds is like okay you know warm up and blah 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 but because i've been you know flying regularly once a week for for so long that once like once I kind of feel the the heli in the air, I kind of get instantly comfortable and I can start doing some maneuvers and you know flipping and like you know same reason why like my maidens are like hover pirouette and then I you know I go start going into half pirouette flips and stuff just to push the heli right. It's like once you get used to that little bit of comfort, then you can just kind of do your maneuvers and go. Um. So. That first flight after like a week or two break or three even weeks, um, it's hard. I just will, I will push that helicopter really aggressive, really like I'll have fun. I'll have a lot of fun. So much fun <laughs> that like, you know, I've scared myself <laughs> and I've like, you know, I've almost crashed helicopters like way too low or way like way too aggressive with the sticks and come find out like, Oh shit! I over rotated, and I'm like, uh, uh, it's not muscle memory anymore. Because now I'm like, uh, look at the heli, save it, you know. So, um, and then and then after that, usually the flights kind of calm down, and I get into a routine, and and kind of, you know, yep. I start working on some stuff, and it becomes like another thing, right? Like you get used to it again, and like kind of that like instant honeymoon that first two flights first three flights that instant honeymoon flight like ah oh, that's great i love this it's so much fun this is why i spent all this money and time doing this you know because right. you do all this cool <laughs> stuff in here and like it looks great and you know you can like make the helicopter make some awesome noises those blade noises you know so you get into it but yeah so it's, it's a difference for for me when it's a short-term break versus a long-term break um you know that's how comfortable I get and how quickly I'll just like start smacking the damn hell around. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah. I've done the long-term breaks where, 
Yeah, you're like, oh crap, this first flight's gonna be a little sketchy. Yeah, you're like, ooh, 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 oh shit. Especially on takeoff for me, like it's, this weekend too it was like, uh-huh. for my first takeoff was just like, all right, which way I turn the nose? I don't know. Let's <laughs> just send it. I'm like, just put it in the air. Uh-huh. Spooling up, and I'm trying to add more collective just as quick as I can to get up off the ground. Right, get out of that wash, that uh, rotor wash. Yeah. Yeah, but I have, not having fly, uh, flown a plane in a while, man, I had I had a lot of fun with the plane. And I had one moment where I was like, okay, up is down, down is up, because I was inverted coming in. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had to add a little more expo than we thought to uh, the tail on that biplane, but that thing flew great, man. Nice. And uh, Flex makes a really nice plane, really, really nice uh, biplane. Which Mike was out today. He was at the field flying that today. Um, How long was Mike down there for? He he came down Friday night real late. Um, got to the hotel here like 2 o'clock Saturday morning and then showed up at my door at like 9 o'clock Saturday morning. And we put that plane together and then went to the field and then went to the field and then went to Steve's last night, Monday night for dinner. Went to dinner tonight and he's He's driving to Miami Thursday morning because his girlfriend is on vacation in South America and is coming back to Miami. And then they're going to hang out in Miami for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then fly back, I think, Saturday. Nice. But yeah, it was, it, was, it was great to see him. I know I said that before, but uh, he yeah. was throwing down two. Dude, I got to I gotta speak a little bit about the planker, man. It's hard to call him planker because... He was doing really good with the 580 raw. Like he likes that machine. Really likes the raw 700. He was. He mm-hmm. said, "I got the same setup in it, but it's just fly." He goes, "Steve will probably tell me 25 different reasons why it's flying better than my Black Thunder." But he said, "I don't know why," but he said he likes that a lot better. And I said, "I've heard the same thing from a lot of people about that raw." You know, and he's not one of the type of guys who's saying that it'll buy the first thing out because it's, you know, the new shiny or anything, but he just wanted to get it and try it. And, uh, yeah, he's doing, he's doing TikToks a lot better than before. Like he was not even doing, like he, he was doing the scared TikToks, like coming back like halfway and, and going right back to yeah. hovering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not wanting to do the, like the full 45 each way, but I he call, was, I call it the gay TikTok. Gay TikTok, yeah. Because it looks like that instead of looking like this. It's like this. (laughs) It's like, hey guys. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. Oh man. Okay, Mike's gonna kill me. That's screw Mike. He didn't come to the spring fling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, screw Mike. He sent me elephant shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you have all <laughs> the reasons to say screw Mike <laughs> shit. Yeah, you were... A pound you and a half of that shit. <laughs> Excuse We did talk about you this weekend because my sister met him and my sister was like, um, oh, so you're the guy that sends people poop. And he was like, yeah, but I didn't send Kevin poop. And she was like, have you sent anybody poop? And he was like, yeah. And and we were talking about you, Ian. Oh, <laughs> oh I can imagine how bad that was. Yeah. <laughs> So I know this is a kind of a short subject. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I've tried to 
maintain a little bit by using the sim, especially like through the winter, you know, months. So let me don't ask have you to really that. does that don't help have to, you? The the sim has definitely helped me, yeah, one hundred percent. Well, I mean, not not in the manner of like help you progress your skills or anything like that, or comfort level, but like help you like when you do take these long breaks or like winter breaks or something. Do you feel like, oh, I'm, this is just like me flying on the sim last night or last week, you know, or is it like, oh shit, does this still like I need to get used to it. I need to get my comfort back I need to get my bearings again yeah for me personally the sim has never felt like mm-hmm. like flying in real life has never felt like the sim like I can practice maneuvers on the sim but it's never actually they've they've yeah they've resembled one another but they've never felt like one feels no. like the other I don't I don't know why it just never does for me the rates it and might things don't, aren't the same yeah. yeah, it might for other people that have gotten, you know, the rate set Tuned. similarly or whatever. Yeah. So there's always that edge when you're going back out to fly, but you haven't, you know, if you took a winter break and you're going back out the first, uh, the first flight. But I think it depends on how comfortable you are with the setup that you've had. And I remember the RCHN guys talking about how they would get back to flying after like the winter break and they'd be like, Oh shit. Is was this really my setup from last year? And it was because they had gotten so much, you know, they'd mm-hmm. ramped themselves up towards the, towards the end of the year, yep. the end of the flying year. Yeah. So, yeah. So basically, you know, it took a little while to get back to it. Maybe a, a couple of flights to get back to where they were, but the sim, no matter whether it's winter break or I'm trying to learn stuff. Yeah. I think it's definitely helped me. Even though it's not similar, you know, like I said, but it's just that that stick time, you know, it's just that orientation. If if I don't know how much it helps the 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 better pilots out there that can really do the this heavy smack stuff, but for me, still learning some orientations uh, and not comfortable with some as much as I am with others, it it definitely helps me. Um. I know I've used sim, uh, simulators in the past. Recently, I haven't, but um, I just kind of go at this. As far as the simulator, I kind of go with at the mindset. It's not. It's not ever really going to feel like the actual, you know, no. actual flying. So I kind of go at it as that. But I feel the the simulator does just train for like muscle movements as far as how to do do the maneuvers. So that's the way I kind of look at it and. There's been a lot of winners like uh, in the past where I just don't really bother with flying. I just either just be doing something else or I'll be wrenching. And then if I maybe get get like a good day in the wintertime, I'll, you know, charge up a couple batteries and I'll go and, you know, fly. Try, try to get, squeeze in a flight or two in the middle of a winter. But um, as far as recently with me, it's just been, you know, cause I'm so busy with work and, you know, sometimes like if I do get a day off, it's like windy as fuck. So I don't ever get to get out. It's like this week we've got nothing but rain. So even if I did find time to be able to fly, it's just going to be, you know, weather's going to say, Nope. Yeah. And I, I don't know, since moving down last year, I haven't really had that. I know, I know it's a dick thing to say. Like I'm not no longer experiencing the winters, but uh, warm weather dick. It's it's cool to. 
to be able to go out if if you know if it's not pouring um, every weekend and get the flying in. Because mm-hmm. I am starting to experiment more with the Oxy Five, you know, um, and now that I kind of compared my settings, you know, and, and made the six ninety. Uh, settings comparable to the Oxy Five, like I'm so much more comfortable with that with that machine too. Uh, I'm just doing a lot of stuff with that too. Nice. Just having a lot of fun, man. I'm really I'm really at a point, and Mike and I were talking about that today too. Like, because he's at the same point where he's like, it's it's great to not be smashing things every weekend, you know. Uh, and there's there's different respects to that too. I mean, there's, there's fun fly smashing things, you know, cause you're really throwing down, but then there's like the every weekend I can't fly that great smashing things, which kind of yeah. gets, you get defeated with. It so it's, it's work. great to be, yeah, it's great to be at a point where I can work on stuff and, and ha- enjoy the hobby the way it's meant to be enjoyed. As far as I can tell, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do have to say uh, I have to agree with that. I've I don't know when it clicked, but sometime when I moved down to Virginia and doing all those local two hundred flights, like orientation kind of clicked in my head. Some some of the orientation I'm still kind of not you know one hundred percent comfortable with, but like I never worry about where the helicopter is in the air anymore. Like as far as orientation wise, um, none of it like makes me like ooh you know like I might make an incorrect orientation move, but I can fix it really quick. Um, right. I can tell real quick. But like, yeah, like I can now just kind of go in the air and just go like this. Just look at the helicopter. <laughs> just, let's do this. Flip, 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 turn, flip, roll, flip, flip, turn, rotate tail, flip, rotate tail. You know, like we're to the point. I'm like, um, this was a couple, of weeks, maybe maybe about a month ago now when I flew with Cliff, and I'm like, you know, I do these like. I don't know, pop-up things, you know, where I just, like, pop up, and then I do, like, a half pirouette, and I pop up. And I'm like, well, why don't I pirouette a full pirouette when I pop up? So I'm like, pop up, and I do a full pirouette. And then I'm like, I pop up the other way, and I'm skids out, which, I mean, skids in, which is a very uncomfortable maneuver for me. But I'm like, I'm pirouetting skids in. Okay, that's cool, you know? Because it it doesn't bother me, like, orientation-wise so much that, like, yeah. I just I, now I'm trying different things where like I pop up and when I'm sitting there installing right where like you have that like hang time, I'm like, right. ooh, let me roll it and then roll and then do a backflip, you know, and do something other, you know, like instead of just letting it hang, do like push the helicopter and do something or, um, you know, kind of do like, where like I'll do like a hurricane and I'll kind of like pirouette and then just fly out those or you know those forward or this way or that way you know and start doing loops and combo loops and stuff and i don't i don't i don't know just it's it's great that like i could now just do it without thinking about it um yeah so yeah i'm starting to stretch your your com- combo and stuff and i'm starting to stretch stuff out longer mm-hmm. to to like if i if i do the little flippy thing i do in front of myself or i'm mm-hmm. coming backwards and now i'm inverted and i usually turn to the left a little bit and then right. i'll then i i usually pirouette a few times mm-hmm. and then come out to something else yep. now i'm kind of like all right instead of pirouetting let me fly that out inverted like towards myself come in do something else yeah. or just just do like a figure eight inverted now or mm-hmm. backwards or whatever you know just something different yep so all right. It's good, to, it's good to be at that point. Yes. It really yeah. is. Because I think it's when you get to that point, coming. 
Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think once you get to that point, which is a long time coming, I think. It it really took me, I mean, six years, <laughs> seven years. Yeah. Six, five, no, yeah, six years of flying helicopters directly, like only helicopters every weekend. It's finally like, oh, it kind of clicks. But um, I think when you get to that phase or that, that like comfort level, I guess, or yeah, comfort of orientation, that I think taking breaks is a good thing. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. A, because when you get back to it, you're not worrying about orientation. You're not sitting like, oh, I got to hover again and get my bearings. You kind of know your bearings already because you have that muscle memory. You know what to do. It's just your comfort level of how like low you can do it or if you have to do it up, you know, really high. Um, it's probably the, the biggest factor or, or difference, I would say. So, Absolutely. And not to mention, you know, you know, when you're constantly flying and everything and you're working on that maneuver, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of starting to burn yourself out on doing that maneuver that, you know, eventually you're just going to pile it in. And I oh, feel yeah, taking a, a break. Mistake, just, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think taking a break kind of, you know, allows you to just kind of, okay, calm down. You know, it's just like kind of taking a step back from it for, you know, like a week or two weeks. And then you go back at it and you're just kind of hitting it with like a, um, I don't know, with a fresh open mind, you know, you just, just do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you'll find out that it, it, a lot of times it is the better solution to do, you know, instead of overworking yourself, you know, trying to clean it up or make it like that perfect. Yeah. I mean, if you're working to make it perfect, yeah, I mean, definitely take some breaks or like do some other stuff so you're not stressing yourself out. But I think, uh, right. I think you make a good point that like, if your routine, how would I put this? If your flying bores you, <laughs> then maybe take a break and go on the sim and work on something. Like I think, I think breaks can be useful. Like you know, planned breaks can be useful in your heli learning. If you feel like you plateaued too much, or you know, like you might need a break to kind of like reset yourself. Um. I think I noticed that when I plateaued a couple of years ago, when I was plateauing a lot, um, doing the same maneuvers, I got bored of watching my own flights. I stopped recording my flights because I just got bored of the same maneuvers I do, you know? Um, so, like, I think, yeah, taking a break and then, then maybe coming back to it with a new mindset and, like, all right, let's just hit this harder and, and progress and, and then get the stick time to get over that hump, you know, whatever hump that you're trying to get over, whatever maneuver you're trying to conquer or perfect. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to add that I've crashed a lot uh, of times when it, when I'm, when my head's not right or I've, I've done a lot of crashing your dumb shit when I'm like, all right, it's the last flight or it's really hot. And I'm like, okay, I got one more battery pack. I'll just, Flight and I've, and I've done dumb shit. I've definitely mm-hmm. crashed a few times doing Those that. Those are always famous last words. Oh, I'm gonna do one more f- flight. Pause right, right. <laughs> See, I just say that after every flight, whether it's out loud or in go. my head, I say it every flight because, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I, I try not to be superstitious about about that. What's the last flight? You know, you can, I guarantee you're gonna crash. I don't know. I'm not superstitious. I just say it. After, I just say before every flight because one day I'll be right. My last <laughs> right. <flight. laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, all right. Is there anything else for that main topic, or shall we move it on? Yeah, we can move it on. Yeah, let's move it on. All right. Do we have a tech tip? Yes, we do. Ooh. Um, this was brought up by a listener, so um, I figure I'd do a quick little thing about fuel tubing. Um, well, okay. um, as as we all know, you know, gassers are kind of gaining uh, a little bit of popularity, and then of course, you know, nitro, you know, a few years before that. Um, well, there's, um, you know, they, they have different tubings for, you know, either platform, you know, nitro, you've got silicone tubing and gas, you've got targon and, uh, oh, there's an, there's another material that they use. I don't know. I'm not really familiar with gassers other than they're fucking cool. Um, rubber tubing. Well, yeah. It's like rubber tubing, um, poly polyurethane is what I'm thinking of. Uh, but um, one of them I've seen more listed online as far as the, the tubing goes is the, the Tygon, um, which both both platforms, you know, as far as uh, silicone or the Tygon, there's multiple sizes in each, um, ranging from, like, small, medium, large. I didn't get the measurements down. Sorry, Andy. Damn but- it, Ian. <laughs> oh, boy, I don't have that button. But, um, no, uh, one thing I kind of wanted to bring up on, uh, both, um, well, obviously one's meant for the fuel it's actually made for. It's like nitro, you got silicone and then, you know, gas, you've got, you know, Tygon and a few others, but you might, you want to keep them with the, the fuel that they're designed for because nitro, if you, um, with the nitro tubing, if you used it for gas platform, it, it it'll it won't even make it through a flight. The the petrol fuel will actually start to break down the the silicone, and I do believe it's vice versa with gas as well. You know, if you used uh, you know gas tubing for nitro, I mean they're not you can't cross compatible on either one of those. You can um, and use Tygon for for nitro. I don't think so. I thought you could. But that you? was going to be one of my questions. Hmm. I, I'm not sure. I'm not really familiar with this stuff. But uh, Can you, Steve, do you know that answer? I don't know. I I don't think. Uh, I mean, a quick search saying that you can, but some people say it, it'll eat it. I don't know. Okay. It's, it's, it's definitely stiffer and harder to work with than uh, the silicone stuff, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, see, I'm not really familiar with a lot of the components that are in gassers, but yeah, you know, with the gassers that have been coming out here recently, it's really piqued my interest. But um, no, one thing I really do want to mention on fuel tubing, um, I like getting the clear you know, where you can see through, you know, type of tubing, such as like the, the clear see through, um, the blue is mainly what I get versus like the solid colors. Um, for example, you know, on my nitro, it, I typically like to be able to see if there's any fuel in the line, say if I'm having any trouble starting, I want to see if, you know, if there's any type of bubbles in the, in the fuel line going up to the carburetor, or if it's even getting fuel at all. Um, 
Because a lot of the solid colors, um, and you can't see, you can't see through them unless you like hold a like a really strong flashlight up against it, which I I, I don't think that's going to work. Either. Or a match, you could use a match. <laughs> a match. Right? Yeah. Don't do that. Which kids, you know, kids if, don't if do can, that. Whatever you want to hold up to it, but um, no, it's like with the. You know, with the the see through uh, fuel tubing, you can see if they, you know if there's bubbles or if it's even getting fuel. I mean, if I'm seeing bubbles in it, there's a possible leak, you know, somewhere in one of the lines, and that would kind of prompt me to be like, okay, maybe I should check this out. So um, that's one of the main reasons. I don't know if there's anything I'm missing, Steve. I mean, can you think of anything on that? Yeah, uh, like a thousand different. <laughs> but as far as I mean, that's what I've known so far. I mean, I'm still kind of relatively new into nitro. I know I've used nitro tubing for other things as far as, uh, for example, like my soldering, you know, helping hands to keep from tearing up my wires as I'm working on them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so nitro tubing, um, there's different size tubings. You didn't mention that, but there's also different yeah. um, tubings for different applications. Um, your clunk line is going to be a thinner wall tubing. That um, I didn't know. So that way it can flex on itself and kind of fold over itself as it, you know, if you're going inverted or whichever way you want that clunk to be able to hit every single part of that gas, the, your nitro tank. Right. So right. that clunk line is different. If you get like a clunk line from Lynx or SAB, you'll notice that it comes with um, two different tubings. And the thinner wall tubing is your clunk line tubing. And then you have a thicker one that's your nitro tubing for your, um, you know, for your nitro nipple coming out of your, your right, uh, right. fuel nipple thing for your fuel tank. So, and I believe Tygon, Tygon, it, I believe you can use that for nitro. Main reason I'm saying that is uh, looking at a quick wiki page for Tygon. There's it's it's meant to be used for food, beverage, and medical. They use it for catheters and all this different stuff, um, which means that it doesn't break down with anything. Like it's it's UV protected. Like it's you know from what I right. from you know quick reading here is resistant to chemicals and everything else. So like it's pretty well. It's pretty high degree of chemical resistance, uh, so I think it'd be able to handle nitro. But anyways, I wouldn't use it for nitro because Tygon tubing is kind of annoying. It's it's kind of thick. It's kind of stiff. So it's much easier using silicone uh, for nitro applications. Absolutely. Um. But yeah, that's uh, that's what I've gathered for uh, this week's uh, topic. Um, yeah, I'm still relatively new into nitro. I mean, I've been flying nitro for the past, you know, since like 2019, so about three years. Uh, so I'm still learning every time I build something. And it's like I've already got one model that's already up and going this year. And then uh, obviously I've started on the, the 580 nitro. So it's everything's been kind of a learning experience as of lately. So Okay. So we're going to hear it from Andy and others about this tech tip. 
many uh, others. Many, Jeez, many others, yes. <laughs> oh, well. All right. Let's move it on to news and announcements. All right. All right. News and? and announcements. All right. Let's just do it all. Let's do it all. What do we got? All right. I don't know. Uh, I guess uh, 420, there was a news update by uh, Bill Ann uh, talking about a uh, video that just was released by SAB on the, I believe it's a raw 420. Mm -hmm. Mm, Okay. I mean, it could be a raw 420 or it could be a 580 just... That much further away. <laughs> nah, it looks cool. It just looks like a, a small. It looks like a small heli. You can't really even see it in the video. That's one thing about these cell phone videos. If you don't like zoom in or anything, it just looks like this little thing going like this on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, especially and when you go into that 3D pilots, purpose. you know. Oh yeah, and they did that on purpose to kind of keep us from really getting good detail on it until they feel like releasing it. Yeah, right. I don't know. He already. If, if so, Enrico's been hinting at this helicopter for like for a month now. I don't know if people have noticed it. He he did a post where like he was, it's like his work, his office bench, and he had, you know, some blades and a boom and saying something new he's working on. But what people didn't notice, if you look behind him, he had a Goblin three eighty, and another raw looking three eighty or four twenty. Looking the exact same size, sitting there in the back. It was there. Damn, it was there in the picture. I, I didn't even see it. <laughs> so people didn't notice that, and that's fine, you know. And then, and then you know, he does a teaser with the, uh, um, you know, the blades, right? The new four twenty blades, and then he does another teaser with the the new canopy scheme, which looks freaking dope. It's like a, it's a, all yellow with like blue that looks like you know when you tear the yellow away. The blues underneath kind of deal. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, I'll see if I can post. I can. So do they have a name for this, or is it just going to be Raw 420? It's a Raw 420, yeah. The Goblin Raw uh-huh. 420. It's planned to be was hope... released at the end of July, so it's coming soon. Nice. I was hoping they'd call it, like, the Mike Raw, or the... Mike Raw. <laughs> the Min Raw. <laughs> yeah, something like that. That'd be cool. I know Andy's ready to choke me at this point, but you're not on the show, Andy. Uh huh. Yeah. What the hell, man. Can't say shit if you're not on the show. Nope. And if you say yeah. shit, don't matter because you ain't on the show. <laughs> no, but it's cool. <laughs> so this is their their next model. Um, you know, I think it's gonna be cool. I I I just wish they came out for 500 first. I feel like they discontinued 500 and there's no 500 while there's still a buddy out, right? That you can get a, a 420. So, you know, we'll yeah. see. Um, we'll see how this goes. I'm sure it's going to be a hit just like the buddy was, you know. Um, the canopy does look cool. I don't know. I got to link it to you guys. Yeah, I got to check it out. Oh, yeah. What's this you're putting in here, Ian? At the last minute. Um, well, I uh, noticed this post today, but um, there was a post made by uh, Dan of uh, uh, RC Heli Nation on uh, the RCHN's uh, Facebook page. Uh, he was just going through some stuff, and uh, he uh, 
found a, a clip of, uh, I, I believe it was either cropped out of an episode or an episode that just didn't really finish it or anything, but it was like a 10 minute clip of them, uh, bullshitting on the mic and it was some really hilarious content so i nice. i felt to go ahead and share that it was it was some pretty funny stuff you know they, that that was always well one of their best qualities uh they made good con- uh, content and the shit was hilarious yeah so i figured i uh put the link in, on the show notes and uh when you actually go to their page, you'll see the the post. Uh, go in the comments, and they have uh, the link in the comments because the link that was posted was like a, you know, it it wasn't a good link, and he updated it in the comments. So be sure to check that out. I thought it was it was a pretty awesome little clip. Awesome, yeah. cool man. That's. All right, anything else? No, I believe that's it. Okay. Let's move it on to what's next for you in the hobby. Oh, boy. What's next for you, Andy? Oh, that's right. Yep. That's all we get from him. Damn it, Andy. (laughs) How about you, Ian? What's next for you? Uh, What's next for me? Um, You're Ian, aren't you? Yeah, I'm just going to be working like crazy. Um, going to be on Discord Friday. Um, and then hopefully, uh, probably eh, mother, Monday or Tuesday, probably uh, go ahead and get some flights in after work. Um, I think the weather's going to be shaping up around here by then. Should be. Um, and then try some wrenching. You know, try to get some wrenching done. <clears throat> cool yeah you know you you mentioned rchn I, I was looking at their facebook stuff and a bunch of stuff popped up as i was going through can you believe it was episode 59 that we had nick Lynn on about governors mm-hmm. <laughs> 59 i would have thought it was like 100 something, or something. Right? yeah yeah not 59 no, holy that, shit that's like the first year in we're, we're first year in or a little after second year i guess yeah Unbelievable. Wow. So what am I going to be doing, Ian? Is that what you asked? Yeah. What are you going to be up to? I am going to try and get some flights in. It's going to be tough because going up to see mom for Mother's Day. And it's my sister's birthday also on the 8th, which is Mother's Day. But we're going up on Saturday. So maybe I can get out to the field on Sunday, get some flying in. Might fly that plane a little more. Who knows? Nice. There was agony at the field this weekend also because Steve Shaw showed up and talked about how many things he was going to have ready. And I. Yeah, did he have any of that ready? No. I said, how many planes do you have in the back of that uh, vehicle for Mike to fly? You promised Mike you're going to let Mike down. He's going to go back to Jersey crying. Because Sean didn't have anything, or Steve Steve Shaw didn't have anything ready. Uh, <laughs> but no, hey, I heard about how soon, very soon, and uh, so I don't know. So Steve, what, what are you going to be up to? You need some flights in? Yeah, so um, I got pinged today by Cliff. 
um, saying that Ben Connors is going to be in Richmond this weekend and he wants to go flying. So Saturday is the day that we're going to plan on meeting up. We're not sure exactly where, but uh, one of our fields. Ben Connor. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew you were waiting for waiting to say that, so I stopped. I was, I was waiting for that. Yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, yeah, so that should be cool. I mean, I have a... I have that raw 700. I need to break that motor in, you know, get a couple of flights to get that tuned. I have, um, maybe, I don't know, probably won't get that, but I have the Puma set up with the, the motor. So I'm very excited. I'm going to get that. I'm going to do some flying for sure this weekend. Um, you know, the Puma, um, Puma. Yeah. Pew, Puma. Uh, beyond that, I'm going to, yeah. Talk about that clear coat. I'm going to clear coat that, Puma canopy some more. Um, and I don't know. I have the electric and the, the nitro. Obviously, the nitro, I'm clear coating because of nitro. But I thought about it. You know, while I have this can of, you know, clear coat, do I clear coat that as well? What, the can? The canopy. Oh, the canopy. Puma, the electric version, right? Is it flat? Sure. It's matte. Yeah, it's like a matte finish on it. So, I mean, you know. The, the electrics don't need it. It doesn't really care, right? Like, it doesn't get dirty. It doesn't get the same grime that nitros get. That The nitros need it, you know? That can't oh, yeah. be will. Like, the paint will just eventually get eaten away. Once that, like, matte clear goes away, then the paint just goes away. And, and you know, so... um, Yeah. So, we'll see. I don't know. I'll decide on it when I got that can of paint going, you know? Whether to do Hell it or yeah. But yeah, beyond that, I think that's it for me. Cool. Yeah. So I can re- reacquire Ben Connor at Richmond. Yes, you can. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, I heard we do not have a listener pipeline. So I think we're going to. Well, we have a listener pipeline, but we don't have any calls. <laughs> the pipeline Steve's very confused We have a pipeline It exists yes. But there are no calls On it right yes, now Yes there's no calls It's kind of like The gas pump pipeline That got shut off by Biden Yeah It, it exists There's just no gas Flowing through it Yeah they just shut it down For no reason But oh boom Okay Ugh, I'm boring Ian <laughs> And Nigel Nigel's all pissed off Because I got political Sorry oh, Nigel got political again Yep, yep. Alright are we going to Wrap it up Sure. Let's wrap it up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Well, I think, are we going to do like the wrap up? I'm saying, <laughs> like, yes, we're going to wrap up the episode, but are, are we doing any wrap up stuff since Andy's not here or? Uh, I can read Podbean. Okay. So let's skip Facebook and let's just do Podbean. Okay. Sounds great. All right. So Dan Hiller started following us on Podbean. Nice. And I wanted, I wanted to make sure I read that last name correct. Um, my star 60, like episode 314, chill the F out, bro. Bare metal fabrication, like episode 323, hangover. Uh, so did James Kringle. So did Tim Titeback. Haven't heard, uh, from him in a while. Hope he's doing all right. Heliman liked episode 319, mind in the skies. RC element liked episode 322, all by myself. And my star 60 also liked episode 315, the roast of Keith Williams. <laughs> nice. Nice. Thanks, guys. Thanks for liking. All right. 
And Poppy comments. We do have some. We got four here. Uh, four days ago, Jay Titus says, sorry for your loss, Kevin. Oh, thanks, Jay. Yep, John. Um, Richard V, four days ago, says, that's not a tech tip, Ian. That's a whole episode. <laughs> and that was for episode 323, Hangover. Uh, okay. Four days ago, Tim Titerback said, dude, Kevin, so sorry to hear about your loss. I completely fell apart when my dog passed a, passed a couple of years ago. It's like losing a kid. Best of luck on recovery, and hopefully we'll see you at the next event. Despite all that, I still look forward to all the episodes you guys keep putting out and look forward to all this year's shenanigans. Keep up the great good work. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Thanks. Good, to, good yeah. to hear from him. Yeah. And then uh, two days ago, James Ring- James Gringle said, Great episode, guys. Sorry about your loss. 322. Hangover. Awesome. Thanks, yeah, everyone. Thanks, guys. All right. Um, I don't know. Do we have any ideas? Is that it? Uh, oh, none. Check. Okay. Yeah, let's not even bother check. Yeah, email us, like us on Facebook, check out our webpage, flight test forums, check out our fellow podcasters. We got. Let's just do the heli ones. Maximum Collective. I don't know who that is. Oh, that's um. Wait a minute. Gregor Greg. Yeah, Gregor McGrath and um. Greg. Some other people. And Greg Steve Ringle. O'Connor. Sorry, Greg. Or O'Connell. And, S- O'Connell. and another Connor? No, not Connell. It's like O'Connell or O'Connor. Oh, yeah. Jerry O'Connell. Yep. Yeah. But Steve. I loved him and Stand By Me. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, Heli Heads Podcast. Who's on that show anymore? I that was with, with my friend Mike Sobey. Um, Mike Sobey. And um, Scott the, my other good friend, Scott Graham. Mm-hmm. Kyle Stacy. Um, Manny, Mo, and Jack, Peter, Greg, Bobby, yeah, Eric, um, Eric Shue. Yeah, he's, he's not on the show, is he's he? He's always on that show. Is he on the show? Yeah, he's like more episodes on the show than not. There's Kevin Grady. There's Dan Turiak. Uh, not to be confused with um, Daniel Daniel Not Turiak. Oh, not that. Uh, and who else? I think Chris isn't. Isn't there Diamante on that show now? I guess I don't know. They just it's like a it's like a hostel. They're just people coming in and out all the time. I don't Crosby, know. Crosby, Stills, Nash. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. I think you know. I think if you're a listener and you're you enjoy this hobby, I think if you listen long enough, eventually you'll just be on that show. Like, <laughs> Just wind up on that show. You'll just be on that days. show, yeah. 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 <laughs> awesome. All right. Telerotor podcast? Or is it Telemotor podcast? I don't know. That's with um, Cliff Lewis. And hey. Richard. Rich Sowers. Uh, Nick DiPaolo. No, I think that's it. I think the rest of the Shaggy guys Parker. And, the, uh, and the, uh, the Marine there. John Cena. He's on that show. (laughs) 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 All right. Off the deep end, we've gone. All right. What about Skids Up? Skids Up is Frank, Javier, and Paul. Oh, I thought it was uh, Alvin, Simon, and Theodore. No, no, no. It's Frank, Javier, Paul, but only from three to six months ago, though. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm, yeah. And I think the rest of the folks are done. Inverted. From the past. Yeah. Well, no, Houdini. Houdini's still around. Houdini RC. Only podcast. Yep. yep. That's with Kenny and Rich. Yep. But I think Inverted Down Under's Down Under. And. That's <laughs> way it. down under now. <laughs> yeah, way down under. All right. Thanks for listening. Free our skies. Wait a, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. We forgot about our good friend, Bill Ann. Bill, 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 Bill. Okay, I need to do it so someone else could say it so I can push the button. All right. Thanks for our listeners. Rears, guys. All right. We'll see you next time. Later, guys. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Let me get a sound uh, check. Testing one, two, three. Test, test, test. Testing one, two, three. three. Test, test. Hello. Am I peeking out? No. Testies. One, two, three. Three? Testicles. Testicle Tuesdays. Okay. Oh, man. How was dinner? Well, I guess we'll hear about it on the show. It was good. Show's over. I put in Bill in and I got Ann Margaret screen test. Guess which, which one I'm watching. <laughs> I watch Anne Margaret dance all damn day long. All you kids out there are like, who's Anne Margaret? Well, you lose. <laughs> if I got to answer that, you lose. It's your loss. <laughs> <laughs>